Welcome to Generate Massive Energy for a Fulfilling Life. Your host is Ellen Morano. Today, along with her guest experts and co-hosts, Ellen will help contribute to your better life. This is done through the art and science of being happy. You can attract whatever you want in your life by having the right energy. By clearing your energy body, you help your physical body to better health. You'll learn breathing techniques, self-healing, meditation, and learn exercises that you can use today to help your own path to a better life. Now, here is Ellen Morano. Hello, listeners. Good morning. Welcome to our 12th episode on awareness. We have Master Stephen Cole, the Master Pranic Healer of U.S. Pranic Healing Center. He was our first guest of this season talking about autism. And he is also a speaker at Tony Robbins' events on meditation and spirituality. Welcome, Master Cole. Hello, Ellen. How are you? Good. So we're glad that you have time to talk about awareness. So the first question would be, what is the real essence of awareness compared to just feeling the five senses, like feeling the pain or whatever discomfort? Awareness is a very broad term. When you talk about awareness, it's the ability to sense and gather information or data from different sources and being able to process that data and understanding it. So you have awareness from the different senses. For example, when you've touched something, you have information coming from your, from your, through touch of what that feels like and what that means to you. So awareness on the most basic, basic level is awareness of your environment through your sight, your sound, uh, so what you hear, what you taste, and what you smell. So that's that level of awareness. Now, if you take it one step further, another level of awareness is being aware of something that's beyond those five senses. So when you interact with people, uh, you're aware of what you're feeling, you're aware of what's going to your mind, and as you listen and interact with other people, you're practicing awareness on what they're saying, what they're projecting to you, and how to process that and how to work that together with what you're sensing. So another term that people say instead of awareness is mindfulness. So when you're being mindful, it's basically tuning up your, turning up your, your antenna to be more sensitive on something. So if you just say awareness, it's a very, very broad term. If you say mindful, then it's kind of narrows it down. So when they say in the corporate world, you want to practice mindfulness, it depends on what you're trying to accomplish. So if you have employees that are trying to do 20 things at the same time, they can't do anything right. So they tell them, okay, be mindful minute by minute of what you're doing. So if you're handling a project, you're handling a letter, you're trying to write a letter. So instead of trying to do 20 things at the same time, you're practicing awareness of what you're trying to write, who you're trying to write to, you know, how every word feels to you and how it will be conveyed uh, properly so you get the proper response from wh whoever you're writing it to. So that's a form of awareness, but very, very focused. Now, people in the corporate world also wants to practice mindfulness to, re to release stress. And the way they do it is they're having them get away from work, go to a room, they practice mindfulness on their breath. So they're watching their breath and trying to be aware of the inhale and the exhale and how they feel about it and how it makes them calm down and quiets their mind. So that's another form of awareness, but this time focus on the breath with the objective of releasing stress. Then if you take it further, you also have awareness of how to interact with other people. So you first have to be aware of what's going on within you. You know, when somebody says something, does it make you upset? Does it make you happy? And without this inner awareness, there's a tendency to lash out at people or to just, um, instead of responding, you know, properly, a person will just react to whatever comes to them because they don't have awareness of how they're feeling inside. So people are able to push your buttons. But if you're able to practice self-awareness, you're aware that, okay, you know, today you're at a certain emotional state, you're a certain mental state, you know where you're at, so you're aware that if somebody says something, you know, you're not, let's say you're emotionally, uh, that morning you got stirred up because somebody had an argument with you. So you already know walking to a meeting or meeting someone, you're already aware that that is your baseline. That's where you're operating from. Mm -hmm. So you can be aware of what could possibly trigger that. And because of that awareness, you're able to control yourself and also know what you can say to the other person to prevent problems. Without that awareness, there's a tendency to just react to the world. Okay. So how do you 
clarify or how do you make the awareness not judge non-judgmental like people with that too much inner reflection or no, it's the because breath. they don't have, because they don't have any any inner reflection. Uh-huh. That's why they have problems. They always um, just react to the environment. But if a person were to take the time to do inner reflection and say, okay, what are my strengths? What are my weaknesses? Mm-hmm. You know, how do I respond to certain uh, stimulus from the environment? Then it allows them to actually be able to handle the external environment better. Mm-hmm. But how how's the process must it go? In one sitting, can they achieve that? Or what process they should do that? they'll be able to achieve like the delineation between the conscious mind and the unconscious mind overpowering them. The first thing they have to do is in practicing meditation is to be able to take themselves out of the equation. To look at the situation from a third party, look at it and say, okay, if I'm that person uh, going through this thing, what would I give advice to that person? Because when a person is swimming, they cannot have that awareness. Mm-hmm. But if you can look at someone and say, oh, they're going through pain, that's why, you know, when person B says something to them, they got upset. Then you say, okay, if I'm going through that type of emotional pain, this is how it would react. I would react. So if they practice inner reflection by looking at, okay, what is actually happening within me from the person's viewpoint, it's easier for them to realize what is correct and what is not the correct expression. Okay. Is that the one you mean? It could be like they be the observer. Yes. To evaluate the situation first before they act into it. To super simplify it, awareness is the ability to witness or observe a certain phenomenon either inside of you or outside of you. Okay. That's awareness. Mm-hmm. Also, before, like, the people are already swimming in the pool of too much stress and irritability and anger. How can they step into that awareness? The actually, what they have to do is step out of the stress energy first. So, one, they can take a vacation and go out. Uh, number two, on days that they're not working or they're not stressed out, they should take the time to go to somewhere where, you know, it's not work or stress related. Mm-hmm. And from there, just be by themselves and really take the time to reflect on what happened and what's stressing them out so they can come back with fresh eyes. Mm-hmm. Can healing, pranic healing, help them weed out or remove or extract those seeds of negative emotions? Well, thoughts and emotions are basically different types of energy. These types of energy are present in your energy field. It's present in your physical organs. So what we do in pranic healing, since we understand these are different frequencies or energies that are embedded in the body, by using certain breathing techniques or hand movements, these things can be flushed out of the system to give you a reset so you have a clear mind and calmer emotions. Okay, so how about meditation? How can meditation contribute to this? There are many types of meditation. Uh, Unfortunately, most people think meditation is just being quiet. The problem with that notion is if you're just being quiet, all the thoughts, good and bad, will just come into your mind. So if a person is going through a lot of emotional pain or is stressed out, then that is what's come to the surface. And when that comes to the surface, if you do not have the awareness to look at this objectively, that these thoughts are not you, you get sucked into it, so it gets worse. Mm-hmm. So the best way to do meditation is through what is what we practice called meditation twin hearts. It's a very simple meditation that only takes 15 to 20 minutes. In the first 10 minutes, a person's already able to disintegrate and flush out a lot of these negative thoughts and emotions. So the second part of the meditation involves practicing awareness on silence Mm -hmm. and so the critical part is the series of steps first you have to first using certain visualizations flush out this stress energy and thoughts and emotions uh, first and then from there you can practice awareness on silence because your energy is now clear which will allow you to practice stillness and quietness of mind Mm -hmm. so how they though how do they experience when there's so much clutter in their mind, is it experienced in one sitting of meditation or they have to do it regularly? Well, you know, it's just like when a person takes a shower, you don't take a shower once and don't have to shower for the next year. Good, yes. It's the same thing. When you do a meditation, it's like taking an energy shower. 
you flush out all the stress and negative emotion but then again you have to go back to work and some of you have family and relationship issues you have to deal with mm. so the energy field gets filled up with stuff again so the, the smart thing to do is just like every day you take a shower for physical hygiene mm-hmm. you do meditation like an energy shower for energetic emotional mental hygiene mm. so for energetic hygiene any suggestion you can give them well, there are many ways of doing this. One is meditation. Another way is using salt and water, like a salt water bath with lavender oil. So after a stressful day, to clean out all the stress and negative emotion and uh, negativity that somebody might have dumped on you, you take you know, a few pounds of salt with lavender oil, you soak in salt water you know, for 30 minutes, and you will come out very refreshed and relaxed. So if you do this every day, there's a tendency to prevent the buildup of the stress energy which allows you to have a clear mind and calmer emotions. Okay, so now I know a lot of people would be asking, like, how do we get there? But I think it's more on the issue of letting go. How can they get out of that situation? Like, even though they're vacationing, but that thought keeps bothering them. How do we approach that? A simple rule is wherever you put your attention to, energy will go there. So when a person wants to release something, the worst thing they can do is keep thinking of releasing it. Because Mm -hmm. the act of wanting to release it and thinking about it and focusing on it actually makes it stronger. That's why when people Mm -hmm. say they don't want to be angry, you know, they become angrier. Mm -hmm. So the the secret is what they talk about in meditation is you become what you meditate on. Mm -hmm. So if a person were to be serious about letting go of certain negative thoughts and negative emotions or stress, the first thing they do is not to focus on it, but to actually focus on what they want. Mm-hmm. So if they don't want to be stressed, they don't want to be angry, they have to think of people that they love and they care about. As they do that, their attention moves to that direction, and what will happen, you are actually starving those thoughts and emotions you don't want. And so if they're on vacation, they should focus on what they want about the vacation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, on that holiday, what is it that makes them happy? And pour the entire attention to it and literally starve those negative thoughts and emotions that, are, that have been bothering them. Mm-hmm. So the key is to put your attention or meditate on what you want, not on what you want to release. Oh, good. That's a good thought. Any particular physical exercise that could help them really divert their attention to? There are many different ones. Um, for example, a lot of people, when they get stressed out, they go to the gym and work out. Because when they go through strenuous physical activity, the mind can only focus on one thing at a time. Mm-hmm. So if they're really focusing on the physical activity, using so much attention, uh, so much force, so much uh, determination, that alone allows them to have a temporary break from whatever is bothering them. So that's one of the easiest ways. There are many other ways. Okay. About exercise again. Like example, they are in the ocean. That's a good source, right, of cleansing energy or the energy of the ocean helps them calm down? Yeah, the stress energy will be flushed out by the salt water. Plus, if they are swimming, the physical movement will help excrete it faster out of their energy system. And other, like, laughing, laughing exercises or some people go to yoga, some people have this... Um, Qigong or now they have like Laughing Buddha yoga group can that can those help them yeah anything that involves moving of the diaphragm quickly when you start laughing when you start um, you know moving it quickly when you exercise a lot of that has a cleansing effect on the diaphragm which is where the stress energy is usually generated so you can pick any type of yoga or any breathing exercise. If they're able to quickly move the diaphragm in a short time and not thinking of the negative thought, it's able to help them flush it out. Okay. How does, we read about pranic breathing. How can it help them? Pranic breathing is used for both cleansing and recharging. Mm -hmm. So in pranic breathing, it's slow abdominal breathing, which forces the diaphragm, instead of being... uh, very, very erratic in its movement, it allows the person to rhythmically calm it down. So as the diaphragm calms down, the person's breathing calms down, and when the breathing calms down, it allows their mind to also calm down. That's a good point that emotions could affect the diaphragm. Yes, 
pranic breathing was magical for me. Since this body had asthma at a young age, I did not realize my breathing was shallow until I learned about the pranic breathing technique. It was not easy but with determination and full conviction to correct my breathing pattern to help my respiratory system. As I practice this regularly, I noticed that I did not easily get stressed, or if I did, I was able to recognize that I was heading to a non-positive direction. So probably, as the energy flow in my body was regulated, it helped improve my physiological function. And I noticed that I am becoming more aware of what is going on around me. Thank you, Masako, for those amazing information. Well, to all the listeners, let's be aware of how we breathe. Are we breathing properly or do we need to make conscious effort to correct it to achieve awareness? For more information on awareness and breathing, get a copy of the book, Your Hands Can Heal You, written by Master Stephen Cole, Dr. Eric Robbins, and John Merriman. Thank you for your continued support and feel free to share our radio show to your family and friends. Our past episodes are available on our website, ellenmorano.com or cleanprana.com. For those of you who had a positive results with the pranic healing techniques, please email us and share us your experience. And for the first five listeners that send us an email, we'll receive a distant pranic healing session. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Is your health where you think it should be? If you're like most people, the answer is probably not. Where can you get the answers you need to get on the right track? The answers start on Occupy Health. Each week, host Dr. Susan Downs and her guest experts will answer your questions as well as prepare you for questions you'll want to ask your health provider. You'll want to plan for your optimal health with Occupy Health. Listen Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. For women who have problems conceiving, all too often it can be a heartbreak, expensive treatments that don't work, and a lot of dashed hope. It doesn't have to be this way if you just know when. Join host Helen Denise as she shares stories of success from women who never thought they could have a baby, yet used amazing products and techniques to achieve such success. Every woman of every age and lifestyle should tune in to know when. Mondays at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Generate Massive Energy for a Fulfilling Life. 
To reach our program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to Ellen at pranichealing.com. Now, back to Generate Massive Energy for a Fulfilling Life. Here again is Ellen Morano. Welcome back. Here's again with Master Ko. We'll talk more about awareness, how it applies to our everyday life. Okay. Usually, parents these days have issues with children being succumbed to games, to different extracurricular activities, or some children are getting so sensitive to family issues and they go to tantrums. And I have some friends who have issues how to handle their children with negative emotions and they cannot sleep, so much separation anxiety. So how do we apply Masako? How they should apply awareness to these problems? Well, first of all, a lot of parents, the first thing they have to do is to be aware of how they're contributing to the life of the child. So oftentimes, they don't realize that their anger and their stress energy could actually be subconsciously being projected to the child. So in the way they speak to the child, if they're stressed out, uh, if the, the way they speak to the child is you know, filled with stress or anger, even though they don't mean to project to the child, the child can sense these things. A lot of times, adults' lack of awareness of what's going through with their life can transmit, it, can transmit that negativity to the children. So step one is to be aware of what they're doing, and if they cannot handle the stress energy at that time, they should find another time before they interact with the children. The second thing is, uh, if they can do certain techniques to release the, release the stress or change their emotional state at that time so that the children won't be affected. Mm -hmm. Okay, so how about the uh, house, the environment, emotions in the environment? It still affects little children, right? Yes, it does. Uh, in the Chinese tradition, they have this thing called feng shui, which a lot of people know on how to arrange your house, arrange your car, your furniture, to get the optimum energetic environment. Now, a lot of people don't realize uh, the reason that works and it's known you know, all over the world is because it evokes a certain emotional and mental response from people who are in it. Mm -hmm. So if you take it one step further, that energy is also generated by people's thoughts and emotions in that room or in that house. So if a person has a lot of stress energy and they stay in one place for a long time, that stress energy has a tendency to linger. For example, just like uh, many of us have experienced, when you enter a room, you start feeling bad, and later on you found out there was something bad that happened there before. Mm -hmm. It's leftover or residual negative energy in mm -hmm. the environment. So that's why in Pranic Healing, what we try to tell people is, not only do you try to emotionally clean and calm yourself, you also have to clean your home, you have to clean your workspace, because it's just like a fish in a dirty aquarium mm -hmm. would get sick. You know, we are the fish, the environment we are is like the water in an mm -hmm. aquarium. Mm -hmm. So energetic hygiene is just as important. That's why you have different cultures where they bring in priests or monks to come in and purify space if there's something bad that happened. That's to have a, like a reset of the environment so the, the place is clean and instead of um, dragging someone down, the clean environment actually allow a person to grow. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we've been talking about energetic approach, the chakras, the auras in previous episodes. What is the condition of the aura of little children that makes them more absorbent even though they're not really interacting with the family problems? Normally, the energy centers of a child is smaller than that of an adult. So the ability to generate energy to be able to repel negativity coming in is substantially reduced. It's just like the immune system of a baby is not going to be no, nearly as strong as that of an adult. So energetically, the energetic immune system to repel negativity is also diminished. So if you have a parent or you have an old adult that has a lot more energy and it's negative, as he hits the aura of the child, the child does not have the ability to quickly repel it, so they absorb it, so they get easily affected by the people around them. So is it beneficial for parents to have some knowledge of energetic healing, example, pranic healing, which is very practical, 
and helpful to any household. Absolutely. One of the things that Panic Healing teaches is how the energy centers and the energy field affect yourself and affect other people. How it affects you emotionally, mentally, physically, and spiritually. And so from here, you can use that information to go to only places that help you, not hurt you. At the same time, if, let's say in a family situation, if the parents know about how they're emotionally feeling, mentally, how their mind is, if the energy is not that high, or they're going through some difficult times, then they will do something to correct that before they interact with a child. That's one. Number two, um, they can use panic healing techniques for self-healing and self-cleansing. Mm -hmm. They can use meditation techniques. Mm -hmm. That's on themselves. Mm -hmm. Now on the children, they can use the same panic healing techniques to remove the negativity, the stress energy. Like, for example, one time uh, our daughter, who was in first grade, was having some problems with some classmate. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the classmates was a bully. So when she came home that night, she wasn't very happy, and she started having some self-doubt, mm -hmm. even though she's a straight-A student. Mm -hmm. uh, if I don't do anything about it, what will happen is she will just continue to build up on those negative thoughts. Mm -hmm. But luckily, that night, I used pranic healing to remove all those negative thoughts, cut all the negative connections from the other child. So the following day, she was almost like a completely new child, and it didn't bother her anymore. Mm -hmm. So these simple techniques, which involves no touch, pranic healing we don't touch, is using breathing, meditation, and head movements to quickly flush away the stress energy. It will help uh, the family environment. Okay. So it will also address prevention, right, for the children, not only emotional, but physical. Yes, because... In addition to affecting a person emotionally and mentally, your energy field affects you physically. So when a person has um, some ache and pain, if you were to do self-cleansing uh, using techniques within pranic healing or somebody works on you and remove that negative pattern, it prevents a bigger problem from occurring. Mm -hmm. Also the prevention aspect of it, like especially in schools. I mean, nobody can control the epidemic, you know, colds, cough, and whatever their classmates have physically. So that will also help them prevention-wise. Well, it comes in two fronts. Number one, before anything manifests physically, it first manifests energetically. And a lot of people realize before they have a cough, uh, they have a cough or a cold, they already sense that something's coming up. Mm -hmm. That's because as part of them, they are aware that you know, there's certain changes in the way the energy flows in their body. They just mm -hmm. can't say it's the energy being disrupted. Mm -hmm. So. The first part is, if they know pranic healing, they can start working on a child before something actually happens. Mm -hmm. So if they notice the child doesn't look so so upbeat, they notice that the child looks so uh, tired, mm -hmm. and maybe the voice is not as strong, mm -hmm. they can start applying pranic healing as prevention mm -hmm. to prevent the negative energy from penetrating deeper. Mm -hmm. Now, the other part of it is, let's say they already caught something from school. Mm -hmm. You know, the body tries to heal itself. Mm -hmm. the, the medication doesn't heal it. The medication just masks the symptoms most mm -hmm. of the time. And mm -hmm. later on, <clears throat> when there is, the medication is actually working to kill germs and bacteria, then at that point, the body's already being compromised. Mm -hmm. Now, what a lot of our students have done is, after they know pranic healing, is they first... Um, do the prevention, that's a week-by-week -week thing, mm -hmm. and then if something were to happen, they will use the protocols that we have to systematically cleanse the negative energy, charge up the body so the body's immune system is so much stronger to fight whatever that infection is, mm -hmm. so the cough, the cold, the flu will be a much, much uh, shorter duration. Okay. So in Pranic Healing, I, uh, the book says there are really recipes for like colds and cough. Like how helpful are those for the parents? Well, there's uh, energy patterns for every element. Okay, just like if you go to a doctor, if you tell them what the symptoms are, based on those symptoms, they can match it to a set of symptoms and they'll be able to diagnose what the problem is. Mm -hmm. In a similar manner, when the body is sick, energetically there are also negative energy patterns. Mm -hmm. So these negative patterns have been discovered by you know the founder of Pranic Healing, Grandmaster Tsua Hok Sui, and have devised specific protocols or recipes or step-by-step -step techniques to correct each one of those. So just like if you go to a doctor, the doc doctor tells you, okay, these are the symptoms, these are, this is the ailment, these are the steps you take to cure it or, or fix it in a similar manner in panic healing. These are the energetic conditions of uh, certain ailments. By following these step-by-step -step techniques, let's say for a cough or a cold, you're able to give the body more energy 
so the body heals itself in a much faster pace. Okay, so that should be easy for them to follow, not that they'd be scared to follow specific instructions for parents. No, the way uh, the founder of Panic Healing said it is if you, uh, once you learn Panic Healing, you know, it's permanently yours. It's easy to learn, it's easier to ride, it's easier to do Panic Healing than ride a bicycle. Yes. So any particular exercise, again, for parents beyond like just learning, how do they influence the children's thoughts also, aside from preventing their negative emotions, like to prevent themselves? How to be, how does the children be stronger oh, to handle thing, all these negative emotions in school? Well, the first thing they need to do is something like this. Oftentimes, we have a tendency to focus on something that's negative and ignore the positive. Mm-hmm. So the first thing they have to do is they have to praise the child on every good thing the child has done. So the person, the child will have better self-esteem, and if they have better self-esteem of themselves, even when other people are negative towards them, it's harder for that negativity to go in because they have a good uh, outlook on life, they have uh, a strong sense of who they are, so negativity from other people can easily be repelled. Mm -hmm. So a big part of it is how they treat the children, Mm -hmm. okay? The other part of it is, as we talked about in the earlier part of the program, they have to try to improve themselves to be more positive, knowing that whatever is happening to them ultimately will affect the children that are close to them. Mm-hmm. Okay. The other word is tough love. How does, how should a parent apply that to children, aside from molding them to have a positive outlook in life, but with all the influences around them, how does tough love be applied? This tough love is a very, very broad term. A lot of times people use it to be hurtful and just say, oh, I love you, that's why I did this and this. The most important thing is to understand what uh, the concept is. The concept is basically trying to balance severity and kindness. So if you love your child, a child makes a mistake. Obviously, if you don't show some form of consequence that's negative, the person thinks it's okay. Mm -hmm. So the secret is trying to have a certain consequence or punishment or uh, a certain way of handling it that is enough to give the child a realization that they made a mistake and that they will, they will not repeat it again. Mm-hmm. So you would not use uh, something too severe because that will drive the child away. Mm-hmm. If you make it too lenient, then the child does not learn the lesson. Mm-hmm. So this tough love is just too general of a term. Mm-hmm. The proper way to handle it is learn how to be just to give just to give the right amount of um, severity in your thoughts and in your words and in what you do with a child mm-hmm. to get the message across without damaging their self-esteem mm-hmm. that's good and also the parents have to have the right emotions right I, applying to that discipline yeah that's why they have to do uh, self-examination you know how are they emotionally mentally spiritually where are they because whatever is going to them will directly or indirectly affect the children okay so when we get back we talk more about self-healing for parents so how can we mold our children as the children of our future to be a better person thank you master ko for another beautiful information so please visit masterco at masterco.org for more information about his classes and his schedule. Also, feel free to visit my website, ellenmorano.com or cleanprana.com for my scheduled classes in Los Angeles. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you finding your frequency? 
It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. your health where you think it should be? If you're like most people, the answer is probably not. Where can you get the answers you need to get on the right track? The answers start on Occupy Health. Each week, host Dr. Susan Downs and her guest experts will answer your questions as well as prepare you for questions you'll want to ask your health provider. You'll want to plan for your optimal health with Occupy Health. Listen Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. For women who have problems conceiving, all too often it can be a heartbreak, expensive treatments that don't work, and a lot of dashed hope. It doesn't have to be this way if you just know when. Join host Helen Denise as she shares stories of success from women who never thought they could have a baby, yet used amazing products and techniques to achieve such success. Every woman of every age and lifestyle should tune in to know when. Mondays at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Generate Massive Energy for a Fulfilling Life. To reach our program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to Ellen at pranichealing.com. Now, back to Generate Massive Energy for a Fulfilling Life. Here again is Ellen Morano. Welcome back. Here's Masterco again. He will try to guide us to specific steps or I know I'm a mom. I know moms were always drowned into our children's emotions. Like how do we really appease them, comfort them, make them happy? But sometimes it gets to the other way around. So Masiko, how, what's the really specific step you can guide us like parents or adults, how to get into this self-awareness state well first of all you have to watch the environment that you're in if you don't take the time to leave that environment even for a short time you will not be given an giving you you would not be giving yourself an opportunity to step out of that stress and that worry so you won't be able to have the time to do thinking and reflection So if a person has a routine of constantly going from morning to night, not taking the time to go out, even they just go out by themselves, walk around in the park, walk in the mall, work somewhere, where they actually have to not answer the phone, not doing anything else, but just kind of think, okay, where is my life going? Where am I at? You know, how am I feeling? Am I happy? I'm not happy. What's causing me not to feel happy? If they don't do that type of reflection, one day will go by, two days, weeks, months, years, at some point, they're going to realize that, you know, all this time is lost. So the first thing to do is to do a certain level of inner reflection in an environment that allows them to do that. Mm-hmm. So that's the first step. The second step is every day they should have some ritual or routine that allows them to reset the emotions and their thoughts. Because otherwise, the stress energy from one day will just keep carrying to the next day, to the next day. And it builds up and at some point the person will feel so overwhelmed and depressed they might turn to drugs they might turn to other forms of um, escape in Mm -hmm. order to fix it so they should have a routine some form of meditation salt water bath uh, some of the energy techniques we teach in panic healing to remove that energy out of them and the third part is for them to practice 
meditation, so they have some spiritual path that allows them to transcend the everyday world, and they can have more clarity as they come back into it. Okay. Can you explain more, Masako, about the Twin Hearts Meditation? The Twin Hearts Meditation is a very advanced technique. It's present in many cultures and religion in many forms. The reason it's called Twin Hearts is this is a term coined by Grandmaster Swakoksi who, who put this meditation together. Uh, you have the human heart, which is your heart center, and then you have the crown, which is called the spiritual center or the spiritual heart. So when you love someone, that is from your heart, the energy center in your chest, so you love someone who you know, uh, like your children, your spouse, your parents, people close to you. Now the crown is called spiritual love or universal love because it allows you to care for people uh, you probably never meet again. You know, when you go out and feed hungry people, when you give money to charity to help uh, people who are affected by war and hunger in another part of the world, you probably never meet them, but you care for them nevertheless. And so Meditation Twin Hearts is a very simple step-by-step meditation that allows you to stimulate the love within you. And when that love is so overwhelmingly great, it also helps you flush out a lot of anger and stress and be filled with a lot of inner peace and stillness. So when they do that meditation on a regular basis, it cleanses the negative stress energy out, it gives them more clarity, and allows them to have inner stillness, which gives them inner strength to handle everyday life. Okay. How regular? Like every day? They should do it every day. The mm-hmm. ones who can't, for whatever reason, at least three times a week. Three times a week. So what are the do's and don'ts in doing Twin Hearts meditation? Well, what we should tell people is, before you meditate, you should do some form of gentle physical exercise or stretching to remove some energy blockages from your channels. You know, some people, the more they meditate, the more pain they have or the more mm-hmm. emotional uh, negativity comes out. Mm-hmm. That's because there are minor blocks in certain energy centers or channels that gets magnified when they do meditation, any meditation. Mm-hmm. So in Meditation Twin Hearts, if they do simple physical exercise and stretching first, and then do the meditation, that alone will prevent those uh, negative things from happening. Next, after meditation, they should use that opportunity while their mind and emotions are calm to project love to their children, their family members, and whoever else they want to repair relationship with, because there's a saying in spiritual teachings, you cannot give what you don't have. Mm -hmm. You cannot give love when you're angry. So during the meditation, you generate so much peace and loving feeling in you Mm -hmm. that after the meditation, you can use that energy to help mend relationships and make people better by projecting that towards them. Mm -hmm. Now, after that, they should also do some simple physical exercises to allow them to absorb more of that spiritual and loving energy. Okay. How do they address, like as they meditate, more stuff are coming out? How do they address that? The Some people get scared. The way they address it is, if they notice during meditation, more negativity comes out, is to keep doing more meditation and make it more regular day after day after day, because that stuff is going to come out anyway. It's mm-hmm. based on this principle of displacement. Mm-hmm. The more spiritual energy that comes in, the more it will kick out old lower frequencies out of the body. Mm-hmm. So if they don't continue doing it, a lot of that negative energy will come out halfway and it'll make them more miserable. Mm-hmm. But if they keep doing it, layer upon layer of this negative energy will be flushed out and then, you know, in as little as one week, they're going to feel great. Mm-hmm. So in the meditation, it says there, imagine happy moments in your life. What if they cannot recall any happy moment in their life? They just recall a happy moment in a movie. In a movie. Oh, that's a good example. Or sometimes in your meditation you said, imagine beautiful flower if they're into flowers. Anything that will bring them to that high emotional state. It could be something in their life because it's easier. You know, mm-hmm. there's something you can relate to. Mm-hmm. Or if you remember a movie one, you know, many years ago that made you feel happy and uplifted, mm-hmm. you just recall it and then feel it. So it's not as much that it has to be something you experience. It just has to be something that triggers that high emotional state. Wow, that's very helpful. So... Nobody's desperate. Everybody can do this. In other words, nobody has an excuse. That's great. That's a good word. <laughs> nobody has an excuse. We have to do meditation. Also, the other thing, like there was an om. What tip can you give them when the om is being chanted just to make their experience more blissful? Okay. In the Hindu tradition, the word om is basically uh, a personification or a symbol for God. Okay. So in the Jewish tradition and also in the Muslim tradition, they use Amen or Amin. Mm-hmm. So the purpose of those 
mantras or those words of power is to raise the person's vibration upwards. So once that OM is being played or they silently chant it, it raises their vibration to allow the negative energy that's still lingering to just drop below them. So as they chant OM, they raise their vibration, but the most important part of the meditation is to put their attention on the space in between each OM or each Amen or each Amin. Mm -hmm. Because in that space of nothingness, it allows them to be free, it allows them to experience the stillness that what they're looking for. Because in that space is very, very still. And as we said earlier in the earlier segment is you become what you put your attention or meditate on. Mm -hmm. So once the Om or the Amen or the Amin raises your vibration that high, you're now in such a high state in the space in between each of the words, it's an emptiness, but it's actually filled with love and stillness. So as they put their attention in that space, they're able to go into that state of stillness and love in a very short time. Okay. So in the space where there's like silence, that means letting go, right? Correct. So is that the time where they experience the self-awareness or whatever comes out in their thoughts and their emotions? It depends on what they're going through. Most of the time when they get to that part, they actually experience what people in martial arts call no mind. You know you're aware, you're watching what's going on, you're observing, but you just notice it's blank. There's no stress, mm. there's no anger, there's no happiness, no, it's just blank. And at that point, the person goes in deeper stillness. Wow, wonderful. So can you give them some exercise how to feel the energy so they can differentiate, you know, what is a negative thought? like? Okay, what they can do, they can press the center of their palms. Uh -huh. The first, they rub their hands together mm -hmm. and then open both palms facing up. Mm -hmm. And on one hand, they verbally say anger mm -hmm. five times. Mm -hmm. And then the other hand, they verbally say happiness five times. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then when they compare the weight of both hands, a lot of people will feel when the hand that they said anger to feels heavier. Mm -hmm. The one they said happiness feels lighter. Mm -hmm. But if they notice that if they try putting their hands together and clapping and just as if they're removing, you know, dirt, mm -hmm. afterwards the two hands feel the same. Mm -hmm. So that just goes to show that any negative thoughts, any positive thought is nothing more than a type of energy. Mm -hmm. So if a person continues to keep thinking negatively, then their aura, their energy energy field, energy centers are filled with that negative energy. They'll feel dragged down. And at some point, they get so full of it, their thoughts, their words, their actions become very low vibration and very negative. Mm -hmm. And if these are parents, they will eventually affect the children around them. Mm -hmm. Now, the opposite is also true. If a person is very happy, look at the positive things in life, it will infuse the entire energy with it. So the children around them will feel love and feel, feel uplifted. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that would be a good self-check on them, you know, if they don't, like if you're swimming in that negative energies, maybe feeling your hand, the anger and then the happiness that will validate like how heavy it is and how do we project that to our children. So what is the direct clearing technique, Masako? Like how further they can release their negative emotions, like just getting deeper. Because some people thought like, yeah, meditation, they do meditation. But is there any specific step they can get out of that, really? Yeah, there are many ways. Uh, one of the things they can do, they can focus on your heart, on their heart, and then, you know, imagine someone they love in their heart. Mm -hmm. That very simple technique allows them to divert their attention from what they're going through to something that they really love and enjoy. Mm -hmm. So as they put, imagine someone they love in their heart, and recall a happy event with, they've spent with them, they're able to easily become more uh, infused with that loving energy. And when mm -hmm. that happens over a period of time, so let's say they meditate and they, they keep visualizing that at some point mm -hmm. when they're done, let's say even if it's just a five-minute meditation, when they come back and go back to their life, they're coming from a different perspective. Instead of being negative and heavy and angry, mm -hmm. they come from a perspective of, of love because they just felt love from this person. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the easiest ways is to put their attention in the heart and feel love for someone and recall a happy time we've spent with them. Mm -hmm. Another way to do it is to remove, remove stress is to do breathing exercises. When they do certain breathing exercises that can that taught in yoga and qigong and other traditions, it helps them quickly flush the negative energy out. And of course, we covered earlier about salt water bath. Mm -hmm. um, there are many, many different ways. Some people, they even um, jump up and down, you know, for a while. Mm -hmm. So when they jump up and down, it 
allows the person to shake off that negative energy. Mm-hmm. Plus, it helps the lymphatic system be able to drain a lot of the the waste products out of their blood and out of their organs. Mm. So it has a double effect. A lot of people use a trampoline. They just jump, 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 and after a while they feel better mm-hmm. because they have those benefits. Mm-hmm. So family activities would be helpful for the family too, like. Yeah, family activities allows them to emotionally connect. And mm-hmm. as human beings, that's one of the basic needs of a human being is to be able to energetically, emotionally connect with someone. Mm-hmm. That's why people who cannot connect with anyone, they get a pet because mm-hmm. with a pet, they can emotionally connect and that pet becomes someone or something that allows them to pour their emotions out and get some form of feedback. Nice. So can you share about the, you have an upcoming class, Achieving Oneness with Your Higher Soul. Can you elaborate more if that would be helpful to them? Well, the Achieving Oneness with the Higher Soul is basically a spiritual class. It's a spiritual class not based on religion, not based on, you know, uh, culture, it basically is a set of principles and techniques that allows you to experience that stillness within you. And in that stillness within you, you're able to experience the observer, the one that's observing the body, the emotions, the thoughts. So it's a deeper mindfulness technique that allows you to come to a very simple conclusion that you are a spiritual being or a spiritual self that's here on earth to learn certain lessons. Mm -hmm. And as you achieve this awareness, of that spiritual self is, that spiritual self is what you call the higher soul or what people call the higher self. So achieving oneness with the higher soul just gives you uh, the simple, no nonsense, no religious uh, concept of spirituality and how to achieve that spiritual connection that leads to happiness, peace, and joy in your life. Wonderful, thank you so much Masiko. Okay, so we have Pranic Healing Level 1 classes upcoming. March 24 and 25 for me in Thousand Oaks at 123 Hoden Camp, Thousand Oaks. Feel free to go to my website, ellenmorano.com. And Master Co. will have a class in San Diego on March 24 and 25 also, Pranic Healing Level 1. And he's also teaching Achieving Oneness with Your Higher Soul on March 26. So if you want to know more about his schedule, Go to masterco.org. Thank you, Masterco, for your time. And thank you very much. Any feedback, please give us an email. Thank you, and may you have a wonderful week. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of Generate Massive Energy for a Fulfilling Life. Please join your host, Ella Morano, and her panel of guest experts again next Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a positive week.